And now it's time for Guaranteeing Your Retirement with your host, David Graham from Graham Capital, an estate planning and investment management firm right here in Florida. Here's your host, David Graham. Good morning. This is Dave Graham, the retirement guy, and you're listening to Guaranteeing Your Retirement on this beautiful day here in the Tampa Bay area. Winter is maybe half over. Hmm. We'll see. we got to get calls from up north from the kids to see if the crocuses are coming out of the ground or not. Oh, boy, I'll tell you. Show is brought to you by Graham Capital Advisors. We're the people that you come to when you're getting ready for retirement and you want to do it correctly. You want to do it properly. You don't want to miss anything. You want to take the stress out of it. Let us show you how easy it is to do. It's a three-legged stool, legal, planning, investing. You come to one of our offices who are here in Tampa on, on, West, on, on Kennedy Boulevard and right across from the West Shore Mall and on in Ringling Boulevard in, in Sarasota. Come and see us. One-stop retirement planning, legal planning and investing. We do it all. You do it correctly. Do it properly. Let us help you do that. We have well over 100 years of combined planning experience. We've been to the mountaintop. We, Lord knows we have in excess of a half a billion dollars of financial assets that we're responsible for. Let us help you do it correctly and properly. Go to our website. Schedule an appointment. It's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. That's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. You know, and as always, before we get started, let's all offer a huge heartfelt thanks to our police, firefighters, emergency personnel, our teachers, people that take care of us. And what about all the men and women in the military services who are so far from home and protecting us? Where would we be without these people? Thank God we have them. And with that... I don't know if you saw this one in the news. A couple in Pennsylvania, they withdrew 4000 bucks from their bank in order to pay cash for a landscaping project. They left the money on their kitchen counter, and within 30 minutes, they discovered that the cash had been eaten by Cecil, their seven-year, seven-year-old golden doodle. The bank informed them that as long as they could tape together some shredded pieces, the bank would, could replace the bills as long as the serial number was present. They were able to salvage a few bills that way, but then in the middle of the night, Cecil threw up another chunk of bills, which they were able to clean clean off and piece together. So far, they're able to replace about 3,500 of the 4,000. Okay, I don't know what that says about golden doodles, but I can assure you this, I'm never going to get one. Oh, my God. Fun fact of the week, 1985. Ronald Reagan and the Soviet Union leader uh, Gorbachev, they agreed to put their natural differences aside and have their countries come together in an event of an alien invasion. All right. So just in case you got flying saucers that are hitting Russia and the United States, there's two things that they'll agree upon. I wonder if uh, Biden and and, uh, Putin would agree to that still. Good gosh. Here's the quote of the week. Money without brains is always dangerous. All right. That's from Napoleon Hill, whoever he is. And, of course, we have to have our federal crime of the week. You have to make sure that you're not going to get yourself in a sticky situation. All right. Drum roll. It's a federal crime 
not to keep a cat dry while the cat is being transported. Okay. Now, think about that. Every time you walk around with that little comfort cat that you have, and that, that little sucker gets right in the rain, you're going to wind up in a federal prison. You've got to be very careful if you're carrying that cat around to make yourself feel better. You got that? Jeez. Oh, History lesson. 35 years ago, January 20th, 1989, Ronald Reagan became the first president since 1840 elected in a year, ending in a zero, to leave office while he was still alive. Okay? You got Lincoln in 1880, Garfield 1900, McKinley 1920, Harding 1940, FDR 1960. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, enough of the levity. Look at different ages. When we talk about retirement planning, you know, every age is a little different when you get to the retirement planning mark where you really got to start thinking about it. And, you know, I, I kind of just wrote out here real quickly things that you need to do at certain ages. See where you're at. See if you've done it. Okay. Okay. You're, you're still working. Age 50. Guess what? That you're now eligible for catch-up contributions. That means you can put away a little bit more money and not get taxed on it. Age 55. If you leave your job after turning 55, you can take withdrawals from your 401k without any any of those early withdrawal penalties. Still taxed, of course, but you know just that additional 10% penalty that's huge. Now keep in mind that this only applies to the amount um, um, uh, applies only to the account with the job that you just left, and there are some exceptions to this provision that may prevent you from doing it. So be sure you get advice from the right people. Go to your HR department and see what they got to say, but make sure you make the right decision. But it's, but it's in your benefit. Age 59 and a half, now you're eligible to withdraw from qualified accounts without any kind of penalty. Good gosh, that's the magic age, because if you're working and you've got a 401k, you're now eligible to roll it over and manage it yourself. Every academic study out there says the same thing. Every financial academic study, as soon as you start managing your money, getting it out of your 401k, not only will you be safer, you'll make more money. You'll make more money. Age 62, now you're eligible to begin Social Security. And what do you do with Social Security? You only take it if you need it. If you don't need it, let it keep growing for you. From 62 to 67, it's going to grow up 6% more a year. From 67 to 71 or so, you're, you're looking at 8% a year. Take it when you need it, let it keep growing for you. Age 65, now you're eligible for Medicare. That's going to save you a ton when it comes to health care costs. Age 66, 67, depending on just when you were born, you have full retirement age for full Social Security. Then age 73, you require minimum distributions. You can kick it back for a year or two. Now it's age 60, 60, 73, rather, so you can actually maximize it. And the most important age, the most important age is your current one. It's never too early or too late to get a plan in place for your retirement. And just get the details worked out, will you please? Another thing, why do you really want to hire an advisor? You know, we get this thrown at us constantly from people like, do I really need an advisor? Or what can you do for me? Let's think about this for a second. Let's think if this applies to you again. You know, plenty of folks out there have never considered the fact that they should have a financial advisor, and others know that they probably need one, but can't necessarily articulate why. So let's look at a few reasons why you probably need an advisor. 
Uh, number one, it's your personality. You tend to be a procrastinator, and you just simply need somebody to give you a kick in the butt to get going. Just like getting a trainer in gym, you're not going to do it unless somebody's forcing you to do it. What about you have no idea where to start when it comes to retirement planning? Because you just don't understand it. You know, you got to do it. You know, it's important to do. And remember this, more people spend time spending time planning for the summer vacation than they last the last 20, 30 years of their life. Get started. Get an advisor. What about you don't know what you don't know? Well, that's a big one because if you're cognizant of your limitations, you're going to know that you don't know and you're going to get somebody that's good at what they do. And that's not you. Don't waste. Don't procrastinate. Get started. At Graham Capital Advisors, we can help you. Go to our website. That's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. Okay, what about don't really have time to devote to it and you know that you should? Well, you're, you have a busy life, busy lifestyle. Hire somebody to do it for you. Do what you're good at. You know, God gives us the capacity to all be good at some things. Come to Graham Capital and we'll, we'll do it all for you. You won't have to worry about it. Take the stress out of it. I guess last but not least, you get online. My God. You're going to hear a lot of conflicting opinions in the media, and you don't know who to listen to. Well, you, you know, there it is. Remember, anytime you see something online, somebody's trying to sell you something. Okay? Simple as that. Get somebody that worked as a fiduciary for you and only you, and that's why you get an advisor. You know, these are things to think about. You know, you've got only a short window to plan for retirement. You don't want to make sure you don't screw it up. You don't want to make you want to make sure you don't screw it up. And let me this one. There's another one here. Think about what you have to be concerned about when when it comes to you know investors. Look at the red flags. You know, for, especially for someone looking for help in the retirement. And ask yourself, you know, an advisor, does he work for people of all ages and all wealth levels? And what about an advisor who tells you only good news about your financial situation all the time? We run into that time and time again. These are people that are not fiduciaries. They're asset gatherers. So always going to paint a happy face on it without telling you the truth. What about an advisor who uses a lot of technical jargon that you don't understand when talking about your financial situation? I mean, sometimes you get people that are educated beyond their intelligence, and they might be good at what they do, but they can't convey it to you. That doesn't accomplish anything. What about an advisor who seems to have a high level of certainty about what's going to happen in the market in the immediate future? Think about that for a second. What about an advisor who spends more time talking than listening? Look, Grant Capital Advisors, we've been to the mountaintop. We've seen it all. Let us help you plan for retirement properly, correctly, legal planning and investing. Go to our website, schedule an appointment. It's Graham Capital advisors.com and online i have my infamous producer james Borlander. good morning to you hey good morning how's it going today david i am just peachy what do we got in the mailbag today uh, today in the mailbag let's see uh jerry in tampa wrote in i'm selling a beach house that i've owned for 20 years and i'm making a fairly handsome profit my understanding is that I can use the money to buy a new investment property and avoid the taxes from the sell. Is that the best thing to do, or should I take the tax hit and invest the funds in the current market? Well, you know, I mean, listen to your gut. You bought a beach house 20 years ago, so you've made some money. Now, the issue is, 
is now the time to get out. Uh, you're going to take a tax hit, no wonder for what's about it, but you're always going to take a tax hit. So I guess the question is, if you're going to take the money out, out of the property, pay the taxes, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? Where's it going to go? I mean, I mean, so an answer is the best thing. You've got to listen to your gut. You've got to know, have a plan in place to make sure that money is going to be going for you just as quickly as it did with that beach house. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. If I had a beach house uh, that I owned outright, I would really think twice about selling it unless I truly knew what I was doing with it. And I knew it was time for me to take the profit and do something else with my life with it. But that's an excellent investment. So I'd, I'd be very cautious on, on selling a beach house unless you truly had a plan in place. And if you're not sure about your whole financial posture, come and see us. Website address is GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. Good question. What else you got there? Next up uh, comes from Julia down in Siesta Key. Julia writes in, I'm still working, but I'll be turning 59 and a half later this year. So 59. She's still going to be 59. So I, so I could withdraw money from my IRA if I want to. Would it be a good idea to do this and fix up some things around the house that I've been putting off for a while? Well, it depends. It depends on where you're at with your overall financial uh, condition. Um, you know, your money now at 59 and a half, it's your money. But remember, if you spend it now, you're not going to have it later on. So the issue is what kind of life you want to have when you're retired versus working. You know, that's your money. It's sitting there. You can take it out. But then on the other hand, too, if you're still working, now's the time to put as much as much away as possible simply so you could have that extra money when you do retire. What year are you retiring? If it's very soon, then you might consider it. If it's down the road, I would let that money keep growing for you and don't pay for things to fix up other than just other monies, general savings, not with your, not with your IRA, without a doubt. I would keep that growing for you, but that's your pension someday. So you got to make sure you're doing the right decision when it comes to taking money out of a qualified account. Uh, from what you just told me, you'd have to have a pretty good reason take withdrawal money out of a retirement account. It's not just fixing things up around the house that, that I would put off at or just save money. That's not your, your retirement money. Julia, that's, that's my answer. Good question. We've got one more there, James. Yep. One more from Michael and Sarasota. Our company recently hired a completely new leadership team. And I don't know if the new regime will want to keep my position as part of the company or not. If they want to eliminate my position, my hunch is that they'll come to me to try to negotiate an exit plan. If that happens, what kind of things should I prioritize in my negotiation? I'm currently 62 years old. Boy, that's a, that's a hard one to just shoot out over the phone. There's 50 questions I would need to ask you because obviously like to start with this. If you do get ripped, that's called reduction in force and all that business. Um, are you planning on trying to work? Go somewhere else. So if you're not, then what you got is what you got, and you need you need to really see what they're going to offer you, in you know, in that position, just to, to get, for you to get out of the company, what, what they're actually giving you, and then we're, what are you going to do for the next couple of years? You have enough to retire on, that, on now. So my suggestion is, Mike, you just come into the office, okay? There's a bunch of questions I got to ask you, so you can make the right decision on that. And that's happening more and more now as companies change. And you don't want to be left out, left out in the dark, especially at the age of 62. It's because you got to make making sure you're doing the right, right thing for the right reasons. Because again, what you got is what you got. You don't want to lose it. So 
So come in and see us. Website address is GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. And online, we have Stosh Graham. He's the Chief Investment Officer, Managing Director of Graham Capital Wealth Management. That's GrahamCapitalWealth.com. Good morning to you. Good morning, David. Uh, is it, I hear you got a little snow up in Washington. Ah, just a little bit cold. Uh, an extra couple inches won't hurt anyone, but certainly this past week has been a pretty cold and uh, snowy uh, winter. Really, the third week uh, in DC. It's the, really the first one of the uh, of the season going back the last few months. Right. Well, you finally get some snow for a change. You're freezing down here. It's almost 50 degrees some t- some days. You never know. Anyway, look, a lot is going on. We started the year. The Santa Claus rally is over with. Where are we going now, Stash? These doldrum months, you know, the end of January into February, before the Ides of March come upon us. What do you think is going to be happening in the next month with the markets? Well, look, you know, you would have thought, yes, to your point, things have certainly been bumpy. But just in the last few days, we got a couple consumer sentiment reports. Uh, one, I think that, well, we received one consumer center report, but it definitely stuck out. There were a couple components of it that, that really bode well and gave the market a nice tailwind uh, over, last, uh, over the last few trading days. And that was the consumer sentiment survey from the University of Michigan, which showed that consumer confidence had jumped to its biggest or it, it saw its biggest jump uh, since 2005. And a lot of that was based off their uh, uh, beliefs that inflation was going to come down both short and long term, and interest rates were going to fall for the upcoming year. That combination makes goods affordable. It makes credit a little bit more available. Now, again, this is important. This is what people's expectations are and what their sentiment is, not exactly what's happening. Uh, And so I think that's important to mention. But sentiment and expectations are very important. There is a correlation. So, again, just the last few days, we've received uh, a bout of, of, of uh, uh, positive data uh, that the consumer might try to make, it, uh, make a fight back after what has been, I think, if we're being, if we're being um, objective, uh, has been a, a relatively uh, poor second half or really last quarter of, of 23, where you've seen uh, a continued decline in the amount of goods bought uh, and a increase in, in, in delinquencies. Well, let me ask you, when you look at where we're going into, this is an election year now. Interest rates have been slowly dropping. Uh, you, unemployment is low. There's a lot of good in the economy now. Uh, that people probably aren't even aware of. Everyone thinks everything costs too much. But when you really look at the big picture economically, we're really not in that that bad of shape. And so I, I guess the question is, are people going to understand this going into this election? Do you feel it's going to be a rocky road this year now that the primaries have started politically? Do you think that's going to affect the markets in any way? It's possible, but I, I, I would I would warn that again, and I think this is important. Just because there is a strong consumer sentiment survey does not mean that that's what's going to happen. It's just what the consumer believes, and there is a discrepancy right. between the conference board and the University of Michigan consumer sentiment surveys, uh, and there has been for some time. Uh, the conference board tends to lean towards more businesses and more business executives where the University of Michigan Consumer Survey is more towards the actual household buyer. There is, so you have seen 
a discrepancy. Um, and look, I think the reason why I've, I'm, I'm trying to maybe indirectly or just even directly get across that just because interest rates right now are coming down or the expectations that interest rates are going to be coming down doesn't mean that that's being passed along to everyone. You are seeing a little of that show up in mortgages, but credit card rates are not going down. Uh, interest rates right. on loans to small and mid-sized businesses are not going down. Uh, the availability of credit is getting tougher. So again, just because people believe it's happening doesn't mean it's actually happening right now. We still need to see those rate cuts happen. We still need to see that get through to the economy. And there's not a direct effect when the Federal Reserve cuts interest rates. It just doesn't just change immediately. There is a, a lagging effect to, to monetary policy. Well, you know, knowing that that is going on, uh, and just look at some the consumer items, for example. Uh, look at the auto mo- automotive market. What's going on now? Is now a good time to buy a car? Well, uh, it was certainly better than two years ago. Uh, I, I think it's hard to I think it's hard to um, uh, forecast. I mean, I think everyone has their own uh, has their own needs. If you need a car, you know, go buy a car. I would just say don't finance it. I think that's probably right. that's probably one of the the more important dynamics. But look, as as a as a contributor to inflation, you have seen, look, the automotive sector and car prices, there there are interest rates sensitive. So as we've seen interest rates on auto loans come down slightly, similar to mortgages, you have seen a stabilization in auto prices. But that doesn't mean that that's going to be what's going to happen, say, for the next 12 months. Uh, because again, a lot of that has to be geared towards what the Federal Reserve does. And look, I I personally do not believe the Federal Reserve will, will cut interest rates in March. So the question is, will how will the markets react to a Federal Reserve that does not cut interest rates in March and, and a Federal Reserve that will not cut interest rates six times in 2024? That is still your base case by market participants reading the Fed Fund Futures uh, market. So again, I, I just we still have a few different dynamics that need to get settled, fortunately for us, in the next 60 days, we should have a pretty good idea about what that's going to look like. What about the energy sector now? You know, you know we've, I know that you have an expertise in that to a degree. And, and do you see gas prices maintaining, staying low now, going up? What's going on for the rest of the year as far as gas? What's your gut feeling on that? So when you say gas, are you talking about gasoline or are you talking about natural gas? Okay, well, let's, let's talk about both. Let's start off with natural gas, and we'll go to you know, the consumer, with gasoline. All right, so so natural gas, we've seen, obviously, prices fall, as as with oil, over the last couple of months. Uh, and that and that negativity in, in price or that uh, depreciation in price has continued at the start of the year. Uh, you have seen some inventory come off with this winter storm that we've seen. Now, we won't know that for another week or two. Uh, to see what type of drawdown we had in what was record high inventory in natural gas. I, I think, and, and while statistically that is correct, I think the dynamic of, you know, say like when you read a headline report, natural gas inventory is at five-year highs. The, the part 
that if you're looking at that as a snapshot, the part that I think differentiates this and say five years ago was the demand for natural gas is just simply higher where we are. And if you have a storm or two, there's going to be bigger drawdowns on the inventory. Uh, separately from that, this most recent storm did freeze. Uh, you did see a freeze and you did see uh, a few of the larger producers not be able to get gas out of the ground. Uh, there could be temperatures when you just can't operate a well. So that is a dynamic. Uh, and then obviously, you know, with natural gas looking out, I, you know, we just talking about natural gas. I just looked at what snapshot is and where we are in the next 30 to 60 days. Um, if do we have a cold February, which looks like that's the initial reports, the rest of January might be warm, but if we get a cold February, like the initial analysis is, then that should be bullish for natural gas prices. But I think the big dynamic is in the coming years, there's going to be more demand for natural gas three and five years from now. You have the consistency of the Asian demand, but you also have a continued need out of Europe. Now, inventory in Europe is above average, yes, but their need for our natural gas is also more. So again, there's going to be more demand for natural gas. We're going to be exporting more of it. Uh, we are the world's largest producer of it. So again, we are the Saudi Arabia of, of natural gas. I mean, really, we're also the largest producer of oil too. So, But we are the dominant player for natural gas. We will be exporting it. And as we have more demand out of Europe, uh, we should see a melding of price where our low natural gas prices uh, will creep higher and get a little bit close. It, it'll be more skewed towards our price, but we will see at least a, a melding of prices because right now you're looking at a you know discrepancy of of a few dollars uh, in British thermal units, and and that's that's important. Sure. That's a lot of One profit for energy producers. Sure. One last question. You know, they're going in now that looks like they kicked the can down the road as far as a government shutdown. Uh, with this new passage of the bill, does that also include monies for Israel and the Ukraine? And do you feel that it's going to be chaotic this year until they get a long-term plan placed politically? Yeah, so we're not through. Just because we had a stop-gap stop, uh, bill till March, I think, again, you know, as we saw just in the last six months, the the focus needs to be on the House of Representatives, and, and I think the dynamics you have to continue to watch is what's largely happening with Speaker of the House Mike Johnson and then, then the House Freedom Caucus. Uh, the House Freedom Caucus, there was a bill, H.R. 2, that they really insisted be a part of this uh, 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 respective stopgap bill. And he resisted, and that that did not uh, that's to secure the border act uh, that made them very unhappy. And you did have several fairly prominent House Republicans vote against getting this stopgap measure bill through. And again, this is just a stopgap bill. Uh, this is not the bigger bill that we now will have to navigate in a matter of a couple months. So again, I think this is very important. You don't want to have the amount of defections that the Speaker of the House has just for a stopgap bill, because again, it's going to be tougher to do uh, in the coming months. And when I say the the amount of defections, this stopgap bill passed through the House 314 to 108. Uh, but you right. again, through that number, through that 108, you have 
fairly prominent House Republicans like Elise Stefanik, who's the House Republican Conference chair. You had the Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan, who for a period there was supposed to be the favorite for the, uh, for the uh, speakership. So, again, you have some prominent Republicans already coming out against this version of the Stop Act bill. It's going to be tougher to get them along the lines a couple months from now. But I don't think those those two in particular are more of the wackadoo magnas that, uh, you know, they have their political beliefs, but they're to the extreme of the party. And obviously they represent a small portion, but it's moderation. And only only time will tell when it comes to politics. Who knows? But we shall wait and see. But as always, we appreciate your sound sage advice and we'll see where we're going to be going with all this. I appreciate you coming on. Talk to you next week. Talk to you later. Bye bye. See you now. Uh, you're listening to Stash Graham. He's our Chief Investment Officer, Managing Director of Graham Capital Wealth Management in Washington, D.C. That's GrahamCapitalWealth.com. You deserve the best. And if you're interested in having a good second opinion given to your monies, then come and see us and let Stash help you. Okay, go to our website, schedule an appointment. It's GrahamCapitalAdvisors.com. If you really want to be lucky in life, go help someone. And God's going to smile on you. You're going to get to be incredibly lucky. We're lucky to be Americans. It's right on our currency. In God we trust. Good luck. God bless. Take care of each other. Stay safe out there. We'll see you next week. This program is sponsored by Graham Capital Advisors, LLC. Graham Capital Advisors, LLC is an independent estate planning and insurance agency. Investment advisory services are provided by Graham Capital Wealth Management, LLC, an independent registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Graham Capital Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. The information provided is for educational and informational purposes only and does not constitute investment advice and should not be relied on as such. Individuals should consult with a qualified professional for guidance before making any purchasing decisions.